0: Good morning, everybody. Today, we'll be learning Dav Gimel in Masachas Rosh Hashanah. Um, okay. We will start, I think, with the Mishnah Chav Ahmed Amr Beiz, held in negotiations here with Barry, but we both decided that with Andrew in San Diego and Benjamin in Dallas, two wonderful cities, uh, we could go really fast, because those guys really bog us down, do they not? All right. So, anyways, uh, a shout out to our friends, Forgesund and Kumgesund. Um, and here we go. Says the Mishnah, This is where you need. A a shout out um, overdue to Rabbi Heber, who's a big gonad and tzaddik over here in Baltimore, who had put out so many things in all daf, on the OU site, about the international dateline that we mentioned in Erev Shabbos, and about lo adu rosh, and what does the molad mean, and what does it mean relative to today, and why we announce it. Uh, still today, even though the fix is in. And I would imagine he has a lot about uh, this, the practical, the topic of our Mishnah. The reason we're starting here a little bit behind is because aside from the fact that we hope that we'll still be able to finish, it's also because it's in the middle of a thought, which is, how are you practically doing it? We'll be hopefully doing two Mishnahites. This Mishnah explains the mechanism of how we notify people once we, uh, once we know when the Chodesh is, then kind of goes backwards and discusses the mechanism by which the adim would come and how we would vet them, and the kind of questions that we would ask. So fascinating concepts today. Let's start. So, this is fascinating. In the beginning, they would light torches to spread the word when Rosh Chodesh was declared. As Rashi points out, right, right? this is after already the Makadish Chodesh. Bezdin said Makudish Chodesh, And as Rashi points out, they did not have to they didn't have to pay dudes to go out this is a much more efficient way than having messengers because um, obviously messengers are less efficient they don't cover as wide of a radius like person to person is much different than broadcasting it you know all over the place where people could see the light for a large radius they did it at night obviously uh, however akusim. this is not nice you know, this is, the, you know, chesed shal emes? This is the opposite. This is a kilkul Shell emes. Without any personal gain, the kusim decided to disrupt the torch, uh, the efficient uh, announcement. What, what what could possibly have been their motivation? Uh, that, that's amazing, right? In other words, why did they want to disrupt? Okay? They were deceiving the, the people in Gullus and trying to to cause people to fail um, to, to have Rosh Hashanah or whichever day it was on the wrong day, usually, right? If they were able to do it, um, you know, in another year, there is a machlokas Rashi actually Tosfos uh, later on over here in the stuff as to whether some of these uh, some of these kilkulim apply only to when Rosh Chodesh is Rosh Hashanah, in other words, only to Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, or whether it applies to any Rosh Chodesh as we'll see later, there was issues of malacha also, because some people know Ignatid malacha and Rosh Chodesh, and therefore that was also applicable. But be that as it may, also the sugi of kusim is interesting, because we know that kusim were gay or arayis, right? They were disingenuous converts. And there is, we've already encountered kashas on how to handle um, those, those kusim. And in some cases, we said that the kusim were in, trust, in fact trustworthy. But here is one of the more nefarious Right. One of the Meyer Makomas at the Kusim, uh, were in fact not necessarily, uh, on our side because this is certainly not, a, not a, uh, nice thing to do. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a kill call. Be that as it may. Right. So, so, so we're going backwards. This is, we used to do it in a more efficient way. And then later in time, we did it in a less efficient way because the Kusim, uh, were putting up torches on the wrong day. And therefore, as a consequence, the mission says, it's Kinashi They have to spread the word. By foot, so now the Mishnah goes back, and we're discussing right what they used to do, which they no longer did already. Once the the kusim, um, once the kusim mess it up, how did they do it? Long poles of cedar wood. Why we would go through all the materials in the Mishnah? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but be that as may. Presumably, I, don't, I mean, I don't know of any like Kabbalistic sources for these things. Presumably, this is just the best materials, right? The reeds, the Yatzei Shaman, the balsam wood, and the oris shapishtan flax comings. V'chorech b'meshicha, bundle around the pole with a string. go up to the top of the mountain. What's the mountain? We're going to see. Umatziz bahen saur, you set fire to all these obviously large torches. Melech ha'mevi ma'lo you would bring it up and down and all around um, as Mfarshim explained, in order so that people don't confuse it with an airplane or a shooting star, you know, so they know this can only be a, man, a human being doing the torch. Till the you know right, so then you have obviously a sequence of mountains. About five mountains gets you all the way out to Iraq, about a thousand kilometers. The and then a third mountain. What would be the vantage points where they would light? What were the mountaintops? Well, here we have the geography. This is where you wish you had Rabbi Heber, right? You want, it would be interesting to know, you know, today, can you actually look and see uh, where, where the mountains are? Well, the first one we know. Mehar HaMishcha, Rashi explains the Har Mishcha. har Ah, so they start in, <speaking> in Har <Hebrew> That's awesome. Right outside, so they would say, MeKuddush, MeKuddush. And they would send somebody out from the from right some base of Mikdash may be rebuilt uh, soon to Sartava. Okay, so now we're already losing sight of where we are. I don't um, where the the geography. I wish I knew Ligrufina, Umigrufina, La Chavron, The Chavron, The base Baltin. Okay, and base Baltin already, as we'll see, is going to be like out in, in the out, the very outskirts of where of where it's Israel. Juts out into Bavel, okay? Interesting, Lashon of the Mishnah. They didn't move from there, okay? Uh, uh, presumably because they didn't have to. Why? Because, right, he's signaling all over. Till you would see the entire Bavel illuminated like a bonfire. The entire Bavel. Well, that, that, that's quite a lot. So the Gemara, the Gemara is going to explain, right? The entire bubble isn't really the entire bubble. It would be like today you would say the entire, like when you say um, uh, when, when you say America, you mean New York, you know? These days, you know, where the where the concentration of the Jewish community, you really mean Lakewood today. But but you know what I mean? Like uh, the entire bubble is referring to Pumpadisa, right? Because actually, Bavel Iraq is gigantic. Right, But, but the, the people there would inform everyone else, okay? Um, now, the other possibility, as the Gemara will explain, is that the entire, uh, that all the people there, good morning, the entire people there would go on their own private rooftops. I once did see this. I once flew out of Israel on Mutzat Shabbos, which was Lagba Omer. And it looked like the entire, as the plane took off, it looked like the entire Israel was on fire. Lagba Omer is... Embraced by almost all Israelis, uh, no no piece of wood, uh, all the pieces of wood, even if whether it's nailed down or not, no piece of wood is safe for El Alon Why can't everyone be like
1: Barry?
0: Uh, everybody everybody tries to be like Barry. Oh, we need Barry so we can all strive
1: Barry's to be. Uh, Barry's uh, he's doing out right. of going through the Barry's the only one that's safe.
0: Barry's the best. Okay, so now the Gemara says. No so base what? We're on the Gemara on five lines up from the bottom of Chafes and Mid-bez. You Miss uh, Andrew, uh, I do I miss Andrew terribly. And Ben okay. So, <coughs> when we say Masin Masuos, so it's funny the, the Pusuk asks what Pusik, the, the Gemara rather asks what Pusuk tells you that Masin Masuas means burning. Now it's interesting. You don't really need a Pusuk to tell you that it means burning because the mitzuyos was that they they did burning. The, the 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 real question is why does the Mishnah use the Lashon, Masiyan, Masuos? Right? The Mishnah could have said right, Ketzar, Hayu, Madlikin but for whatever reason they used the Lashon Masiyan you know, right? The Mishnah says Bari, Barishon, Hayu, it could have said Madlikin, whatever um, uh, Mayu, Madlikin, Maduros but instead it says Masiyan, Masuos. So why did you use that Lashon? Says That David and his men Right Were This is a fascinating Another fascinating idea You have a pasuk In um, In Shmuel Where David and his men Were able to Right Take over a place And They They actually Took Right They They, they kicked away The plishtim From Baal Pratsim And they took the idols What did they do It sounds like they carried them but you look at the targum Yonasan ben Uziel, and the Gemara quotes umit targaminan. So it's fascinating. The Gemara is like telling you a vartlach in shul, right? It, it's it's uh. What's happening here? It's getting your attention. What's happening is we are announcing the the kiddush to the rest of the Golas by flaming torches. So but it's called Masin Masuas. So why is light is lighting torches called Masin mesuos? Because in Shmuel. It says VaYisaim David V'Anashav that they carried and and the Gemara relates that the targum Yonasan ben Uziel is as veukdinun right a means set on fire veukdinun David means they set the idols on fire now let's Tanurabanan we have a brisa Ain Masin Masus. so this Tanurabanan is four lines down from the bottom of and Base. Tanurabanan Ain is four lines up from the bottom of chafes and Okay, so the first topic in the Gemara is are you going to, like this, when we say that you're masin Masuos, so again, a Chodesh could be either Chaser or Malay, right? You're either doing it after the 29th, you have to do it at night. So after the 29th that night, to let everybody know that tomorrow morning is going to be Rosh Chodesh, it's going to be a Chaser, or you could do on the 9th of the 30th to let everybody know that The next day, the 31st, it's a malay. Now, does it make sense to light and go through this entire procedure on both nights? Meaning, obviously, it's not going to be both nights in one year. But meaning, regardless of whether it's a malay or a chaser, does it make sense to have a procedure on the night to indicate which night it is? Or does it make more sense to have everybody know that, listen, if it's going to be chaser and we're going to see the moon on the 29th, then we're going to light that night. And if you see the light, then you know that it's a chaser. If you don't see any light, then you can assume that it's a malay. Right? That would be more efficient. Yeah, sure. What are we accomplishing here? We You're got a modern, we got, modern uh, we
1: got a beautiful car, we got modern computers. What do we need all this for? Oh, why are we learning
0: this? What okay, forward? so. Give me some ha. <laughs> okay, some um, I'm about to give you some muslims now. Well, I'll tell you. The questions here really abound, meaning, I mean,
1: but
0: the application, has to do, I the application to to modern times. Right, uh, you right. have to listen to Rabbi Heber. The application to modern times here is a good question indeed. Because after all, mind you, we made it out to Bovil. Where was the Jewish world at the time? Right. Like, what would we do? What would we have done then, had there been people in Baltimore then? Right. Like, what, how you, how how is this method of sending out shlichim or of uh, of of, of torches worked out? You know, in those days, how would. Uh, Right and and which and what and where were the Jews? Were there Jews then that were so far out that the messuas didn't reach them? It's a fascinating question. And how many days did they keep? What did they do? It's a fascinating question. So you're right. Today we have Baruch Hashem. I mean, we have Jews all over the world as it stands in 2021, and we have modern communication. So and we have a calendar already with the fix it being in. Right. So now the real question is why do we even announce a molad? Uh, altogether, which is Rabbi Heber discussing in Aldaf. Perhaps I'll share. And there's a question of, um, right? We also don't have the Bezdin, the Sanhedrin uh, being the Chodesh. So when the base of Mikdash is rebuilt with so we're going. To, where are we going to go? We'll go back, I guess, to Kiddush uh being declared because, as we mentioned last week, it's a mitzvah to be the Chodesh. But but presumably the calendar will already. Uh, be in the, an indication. We're going to discuss that more next mission. Let's get to the next Mishnah because that is a fascinating question indeed. With the fix being in, are we still going to go through? As we will see, the vetting of the witnesses looks like it's real. Like we're taking them one by one in a room, as if it's like a real interrogation to verify their their validity. Right. Meanwhile, at this, right. meanwhile we, meanwhile we're fixing the date to begin with. So, like, how valid? is the whole testimony to begin with it's a oh, fascinating maybe, question. I, 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 I mean, maybe when we go to Mars <coughs> we'll need something. When we go to Mars we're going to need it. Got it. Okay. So all right. So Okay, so here we go. So they said in the in the Brisa regarding the question of whether you make do the Masu'as both on the chasser and the male, they said ain masin masu'as al Only when it's Bismano lakacha. What does Bismano, in this case means? So this means only if it's a chaser, okay? We're going to see. Only if it's going to be bismano is day 30, okay? So that is only when it's a chaser. Again, or iburo means on the evening following, right, the extra day. In other words, as Rashi points out in the last skinny line, the erev yom shloshim, okay? So in other words, on the eve of, of 30, that's when you're going to say, Right. Okay. So then, <coughs> because it's a it's a funny lashon or iburo. Because if it's Uber, it's going to be uh, thirty one days. So the Gemara says, like this. The brayes is saying like this. The of So the Gemara has to explain the brayes that you're really only going to light the torches when it's a chaser. not for a My time. I'm An interesting explanation of ribzera. What if Right, the chaser was on Friday. What would be the problem? Emas avde. But the question is like this: again, Rosh Chodesh Chaser is on Friday. That's when you're supposed to light. So emat avde. When are you going to light? Apuke shabta on Motzei Shabbos. Diyamet navid nami amale. Because if you said that you're going to light a torch either on on both the chaser and Amale, so asu the people in. The galus also Limiti, as we say the first word in Chav Gimel Finally, um, at the concerning time of five fifty-five a.m. Limiti, they're going to be confused. Why? Amri, Hai chasser, Right? They they. So now you're lighting on Motzei Shabbos, right? And you you're lighting on Motzei Shabbos because you couldn't light it Friday night, right? Friday night is when you normally would have light would have lit, right? But Friday night was Friday night. It was Shabbos. So this is not going to be Doche Shabbos. We're going to see there were aspects of Derabonans, of Tchum, that we were relaxed for the sake of the Edim, right coming, but for the, for, the, for the announcement of Rosh Chodesh to actually do a Der of lighting these torches, we would not do. So again, so we say, we have one night, and so like this, <laughs> it's, it's Pashat. If you lit both for a Malay and a Chaser, and the chaser falls out on Friday night, so then you didn't light at all. So you didn't light at all. And now you're going to do what? You're going to light on Motzei Shabbos? In other words, if they don't see any light at all, then then then, they, then they're not going to know whether it was Friday night or Motzei Shabbos. What? Mimanef Shach. What? Um, this, this, this has uh, We're going to get to it. So if you didn't light... You uh, don't see no Musr in this? No, there's absolute Musr in everything. But uh, the muser uh ah, the most that we have to take now is that sometimes you have to uh, right. The, the, uh, I'll, I'll relate it to the Nair tamid. You know, since we're talking about lights, the Nair tamid and the idea of lighting every day. So Aaron a was was upset, right? He was left out of some of the avoda, right? In the Imam Luim. but they explained to Aaron a that he was really the one that the thing that Aaron coin and the Kohanim really stood for was the consistency. So we are trying our best to keep the consistency of the daf. So the Musa that we have is that even though we have so many interesting questions here, we have to finish the daf. And so the Musa for us is going to be sometimes, even though it's not exciting, even though this daf happens to be exciting, and most apimar, we have to, we have to uh, focus on the, ta- ta- on the task at hand here of getting through this daf. So far, we're one word in. Um, so, so we go like this. Lim iti. The question is like this, Goranowitz. If you have, if you're lighting on Friday night and Motz Shabbos, so then like this, you, you can't light Friday night. And so, if unless you have a system in place, then you would never know, right? If you light on both occasions, on a Malay on a chaser, you would never know on a, on, a, on a situation where Friday night is the time of when you would normally light for the chaser. Now you're stuck. Now when, when you have Matzah Shabbos, you're not going to know whether the Chodesh was a Malay or a Chaser Because if you don't light Matzah Shabbos because it's not Rosh Chodesh, so then you don't know. Was it, was it a Malay or a Chassar? And if you light Matzah Shabbos because you couldn't light Friday night, so then you're going to be mistaking the same way, right? You still don't know. Are you lighting on Matzah Shabbos because it was a Malay? That's the most likely thing. That's what it looks like. Or it could be that you're lighting on Mitzvah Shabbos because it was a chaser, but simply you couldn't light Friday night because it was Shabbos. That's what the Gemara says. Lamiti. Amri hai chaserhu. the d'lo'av and metmol, you might say it was a chaser. And the reason why I didn't see the lights last night, mishum after was because it was Friday night and therefore they couldn't light it on Shabbos. Odel malehu. Or it could be that's a Malay, mano Abdu. And that's why they lit on the Matzai Shabbos. So again, Mimanov Shach. Really, it's whether you light or don't light, you're stuck. You're, if, you're, if you're going to light, both for a Malay and a Chaser, then on a case where, right, Friday night is one of those, is going to be the Chaser, you're not going to know at that month when the Rosh Chodesh is. So the Gemara says, okay, Malay a Chaser. So maybe you should light both again. And what's going to be the trick? And on, and on a year, so they said, maybe you could do the following shtick. On a year that Rosh Chodesh falls out on Erev Shabbos, as we discussed, don't light at all. So when you see that there's no light on Mutzah Shabbos, you'll know, wow, every month we always light, right? But this year, every year we didn't light. This month we didn't light. Must be that we didn't light because it was Friday night. And then you'll know that it was a chaser. That's what the Gemara suggests. Right? Right? In other words, had the Chodesh been a male, then you'd have no problem. You would just light it in Shabbos. you take your Havdalah candle and use it to, right, light up the whole Gola with it. However, you didn't do so, and therefore, it must be that it's a chaser. What's wrong with that? So the Gemara... Yeah.
1: What does
0: kodesh mean? It's a little up top. Makodesh, makodesh, uh, I makodesh
1: mean, I mean, l'chol. Makodesh No, not Chodesh, Chodesh. I mean, I mean.
0: You are like, makodesh, the the the, yeah, the Me-Kodesh. Me-Kodesh. When you use that word, makodesh. That's a makodesh Yisrael, Yisrael v'azmanim is yeah. to take that that's like the Tachla Sabriah. Our our purpose in life is the Gomano. It's a moment is to take that which is mundane and turn it into the Shem Shemaim into what we call in the Kodesh, which is holy set for Hashem so all of your efforts should be the Shem Shemaim Amen okay so says the Gemara that sounded like a good idea so now light it whether it's Malay or chaser but on but on years that it's Friday night falls out on the chaser don't light it all and then everybody will know that it was chaser says the Gemara no you could still confuse that why Amri You could say, wait a minute, wait a minute. maybe it really wasn't male. But why did they not light it? Well, we would have said the suggestion of the Gemara was that he didn't light it because it was Chaser. Rashi says, no, itnuseh the first skinny line. B'shikrus Hashabis. Isn't that wild? In other words, <laughs> excuse me. Even if the policy was to to light it. If in fact it was a male. You can't count on these guys on a Motei Shabbos. Because Motei Shabbos. They are still recovering from all the drinking on Shabbos. Oh boy. Okay. So says in the Gemara. Okay. So we said in our Brisa. That you should always light only on a chaser And on a male we don't light. Why don't we do it the other way? Why don't we always just light on a male. And not light on a chaser? Well, I could already say this outside, I think. In other words, you don't need an alert to let you know that it's Malay. Meaning, how are you going to know that it's Chaser if you don't lie? Right? In other words, you're in Golas, you're waiting to find out if it's Malay or Chaser. You don't see anything. Well, if it was a Malay, you wouldn't see anything either. So how are you ever going to know that it's Chaser? Obviously, the alert only makes sense if... It's alerting you to the fact that it's earlier. See what I mean? It would be like, right, okay. Um, it would be like saying, why does the alarm go off on the alarm? And Maybe it should only go off on the snooze. But, but then what's the point of the alarm? You, you know what I mean. Okay. <laughs> That's not the answer that Gemara gives. Abaye says, because, but what it really means, right? what Abaye should have said, so to speak, is that then you don't know. But he, he does say that, but he says it in a different way. This is where you have the machlokis Rashi Tosus. Because means that they're not gonna do Malach on both days. So Rashi says this is in Rosh Hashanah. Because when Rosh Chodesh is Rosh Hashanah, so if you don't know which day it is, now mind you, we keep all days, two days Rosh Hashanah and Sayyama Richtah these days anyways. Um therefore says, no hey gun every Rosh Khodesh. There's a minog of of of, of uh, not doing malach on Chodesh. Point is you don't know if it's Rosh Khodesh. And therefore, you're al malacha. Okay, so that is so. That, so it ends up with the brisa uh, that they only would do it on the first day, right? To, to, meaning to declare a So now we're at the two dots. And we say musos mevin Okay, so we get into the materials here. We're going to Home Depot, Goranowitz. Amar So you go to Home Depot. The four kinds of eras. eres kasroh, eight and vrosh, right? You have <coughs> which which, which um, Art Scroll defines as Erez, Kostrom, Eitz, Shemin, and Brosh. Okay. Different types of, uh, of trees. It's also a variety of trees. Really, Erez usually is a cedar tree. But we're learning here that Erez is kind of like a, a catch all phrase term, different kinds. So, what is it? So, the Gemara says, Karsom. What is Karsom? Amharav Adra. It's the Adra, okay. Divei Rab Shila Amri Mavlagina. The, in 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 uh, Rav Shiloh's yeshiva, they said that it was called it was Magvli and some said Zu Golmish, some said it was a Golmish. We don't know what any of these things are, but the Gemara is going to explain it a little bit as follows. Flika the Rabbi Barav Huna. This is Chayilak and Rabbi Huna. Dam Rabbi Huna Amri Bei Rab Asar minei Him. Right, and the yeshiva of Rav they said there's ten types of Arazim. Shneimar attained by midvah Erez, shita v'hadatz Shem shemen asim ba'arava beroshit har yachtav What this. Oh, so Erez usually means, it's a great question, Erez usually means a cedar tree, right? But here, um, in a in Isaiah, identifies that Erez could be a catchphrase for seven different types of trees, and the Gemara adds another three for a total of ten. As follows, Erez, Arza. Erez, like you said, is cedar. Shita is turnisa. Shita is pine. Hadas is asa, which is myrtle. We know we, that hadas is the myrtle branch. Right, from the Dalad meaning. Eight shaman is a farsama. Eight shaman is the balsam tree. Barosh is Barasa. Barosh is boxwood. Tidhar is shaga. Tidhar is fir. And Tashur is shervina. Tashur is shervina. The asks, honey, shivavu, right? Barbaravuna said it was ten. The Apostle only mentioned seven. So then, He also Dimi, came from Eretz Israel to Babel. He said, al-monim, and al-mugim. Add three more species. Alonim, says the Gemara, is butme, which is elm. Almonim is balute, which is oak. And almugim is casiso, which is coral. Coral? Coral, that's not a tree at all. That's not even a tree. Coral, do you ever go snorkeling, Geronowitz? You got to go to, right, the Galapagos and get some coral. Well, there is some coral off the, off the coast, in the Mediterranean, so for sure. Yeah, it's says
1: Mediterranean. And, I, I take coral calcium. They say yeah. it's everything.
0: Okay, so you take the cor- coral calcium. So we see that it's not even necessarily true, that Erez is really like a catchphrase for the material. So you find coral in the eras aisle in Home Depot. Aronim, Armonim, Some say that the the last three types of eras are not alonim, Almonim, in almugim, but Aronim, Armonim, in Almogim, which are Aronim is are Laurel, armo- like, like um like uh uh whatchamacallit. Um Laurelton. Armonium is dulve, Armonium is chestnut, and almogim again is coral. Almogim is the same word you'll see, right? So alo- not alone and almonim, but aronim and armonim, right? Okay. Very good. Kassisa coral. As Rashi says, Min ate ola It's not really a tree, but I guess it looks like a tree. But he they, it's a type of thing that looks like a growth. A bush in the sea. Ushmo, says Rashi, coral. Very nice. We love when Rashi speaks English. Okay. Now, how do you get the coral from the sea, though? We know how we get trees from the uh, trees, but how do you get the coral? So that's a pasuk. Adir A pasuk in Isaiah. There's There's a prophecy there that you're going to have a river that's going to flow so forcefully that's coming out of the base of Mikdash that... Even even cruise ships won't be able to traverse. It's like you can uh, you could also talk about the analogy of water being Torah, etc. Okay, anyways. What's this idea of Amarav, Zuburni Gadola. Let's say you have a mighty cruise ship. Avdu. They used the large cruise ship, the giant mighty ship, to get the coral out. How so? so it t- takes you through the actual process. Six thousand men for twelve months. For and some say it was twelve thousand men for six months. You got to do the math to see if six thousand for twelve months or twelve thousand for six months is the same men of men. I think it probably is. You know, simple multiplication. By the way, it's a thousands a thousand men. What did they do? They would load a ship with sand until it would settle on the seabed, and then and then they would have the diver go down and tie ropes to the roots of the coral. In this case, ropes of chitana sounds like cotton. But anyway, it's flax. So again, what are you doing? This is, obvi- you know where this is headed, right? You're tying a rope, one end to the ship, one end to the coral. You're filling the ship with sand. Then you're gonna take the sand out. The ship is going to be buoyant again, and it's gonna rise up with such force that it's gonna uproot the coral with it. That's the cop that's the over here. That's the patent.
1: Barry, they have going
0: down without air tanks? So yeah, how'd they get that down without air tanks? These guys were uh, Paul's, they had like the old thing,
1: like a
0: snorkel. Well, so Barry wants to know how they got down at air tanks. He's referring to to, um, to Rashi. Rashi says, How do you do this? Where you have the coral, it's not that deep. <laughs> The Kasha is a good Kasha. Uh, it's Rashi ad the Um uh, We're gonna get it. We're gonna we get there in a second. But you see it? It's uh, I don't know eighteen lines up from the bottom over there. Barry, you like that Barry? It's it's it's, it's oh, Bar, Barry's thinking about this. He's thinking when they have when the base maker comes back, he wants to he wants to be the diver. Um, the thing is when you dive. So again, obviously you can't go. You don't have enough air without the air tanks to go down there with a chainsaw, you know, and 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 get it off and lift it up. That's not efficient. But you have enough enough air to go down, tie it, and go come right up. Anyway, he's tying it up. Not like chala vishadu levarai. And it takes sand and casts it overboard. umasia. And as right, the sand becomes diminished. The it akra umasya, right. It starts to uproot. And the boat starts to rise. Machlif Al Khad trained Bachaspah. Archimedes, Archimedes, yeah. He, he measured the the buoyancy. like
1: this, Barry. He went in the water and he did he measured the gold or something,
0: right? It's funny you should mention that because how precious was this coral? Says the Gemaro, Mahlif Al Khad trained Bachaspa. It's so valuable you could change you could exchange one piece of coral for two measures of silver. Last Parvasa Havyan. okay. And beyond that, there was three ports where they did this this uh, shtick. Well, Tarte Bay Amarai, two in the Armenian section, Bechad the Bay Parsai, one in the Persian territory, Deve Amarai Maskan Kasisa. They brought up the coral in the two Armenian ports, and Bay Parsai Maskan Marganiyasa. While we're on the topic, what did they, what did they dive for in Persian territory? Pearls. Marganiasa. Makaria Parvasa de and that it was called the port of the of the kingdom. Unbelievable uh, history here. You need, you really need. Uh, I'd love to, you know, to be a fly on the wall, right? To. The
1: says you can't learn without science.
0: You need, you need, you need, some history here, you need some 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 look. historical context. Yes, yeah, so divers would take pearls from there, as Rashi explains. Okay, so they took pearls also. Uh, Steinbeck, the Pearl, right? Amar Kol Shita Was it Steinbeck? I don't know. Each and every pine tree. Why you take a I don't pearl know if it Steinbeck. I don't know. It couldn't have been. Who wrote Pearl the Pearl? I don't know. I read it in eighth grade. I have to go back. Are Kol Shita Ashita here is pine tree. This is fascinating. This is the Guranuitz Muslim moment. Every pine tree that the conquering Right, nations Nachrim took from us. Us is a kadosh baruch hu A baruch is going to restore. Shneamar etin, BaMidbar eretz shita. Right, there's a prophecy. I'm going to set in the wilderness. The wilderness says the gemara. Ain midbar el yushalayim. Yushalayim became a wilderness as described. Right, in Isaiah. Shneamar tziyon midbar haisa. It became a wilderness. Everything was barren, and yet it. Now you go to Eretz Israel. What happened? Karen Kayam at Yisrael, a fulfillment of the prophecy, filled with pine trees all over. That doesn't send a, a tinkle down your spine, right? The the, the uh, fulfillment of the prophecy, that now it's filled with specifically pine trees. Fascinating. Well, they, they brought it in from other places, right? Well, the point is that they rebuilt a the Midbar, that which was desolate for thousands of years, and now you see it blooming. And every tree is a Musser moment, as a what's Musser moment, really to teach you that the, a fulfillment of the prophecy has been. May all of Hashem's promises and and and, and all the prophecies of the neviim be fulfilled and be zocher to yemos geula. Okay, once we're on the topic, if you learn Torah and you don't teach it to others, you're like a hadas in the wilderness, which is to say it's very fragrant, but if nobody smells it, then what's it worth? If you're a big Talmud chacham. But you're teaching it, you're out of town, and you're the only one nobody understands. There's been many communities like that throughout the years. the That is precious because it's a different thing. In other words, the first one was kind of... well, right? The first one was kind of like saying, listen, if nobody could smell it, so then what's the point? Here, it's actually a musser in a good way. Hashem loves that because it's precious because of supply and demand. You have a big Tamil Chacham, goes out of town, and he retains his Chachman, continues to teach, so he's the only one, and that makes him precious. Furthermore, the Yavdikacham have no remedy, because what they destroyed can't be brought back. Right? I'm going to bring gold instead of copper, iron, uh, silver instead of iron, Right? Copper instead of wood. All of these cases, you're actually upgrading. And so, and iron instead of stones, which is to say, b'iki In other words, what could they possibly bring instead of I'm going to cleanse the nations, but from the blood of Israel, I can't cleanse them. That's from Yoel. The point is like this. Anything that you take away from the Umasa Olam, you can always replace with something better. But the Umas Olam, when you had the Asara, Uruge, Malchus, and they took away our most precious possessions in the form of, right, Art Tzadikim and Talmich Khamim, those are irreplaceable, and therefore there's nothing that the Goyim can do to, for restitution for that. Last line on Hav Gimel Madalaf, Umeyayin HaYimusin, So we talked about the geography. Says the Gemara, my Beis a Rav as we turn to Hav Gimel Zubiram, that was the city of Bir- Biram in My What's the diaspora I Amar mean, of Yosef Zupadisa? Pupadisa, there's here there's history also, because really, like the, the Shiva of Naharda and Pumpadissa, uh, really it was Naharda at the time, but then Naharada was destroyed and moved to Pumpadisa. This is history as to why it's referring to that. Uh it says the Gemara what does it mean it was like a giant bonfire? Because everybody would go on the top of their own private uh roofs, the Ola Roche Gago, their private roofs, and therefore the whole thing looked like one giant bonfire. Additional points, so the points that were mentioned in the Mishnah were just one of the routes. But there were a bunch of different routes, uh little tentacles uh going out into the Gola, Tanya Reb Shim, Af those mountains of Kharim Khayar Gedir, and the surrounding mountains, some say that these points were in between the points mentioned in the Mishnah, along the same route, and some say they were on the other side, the Hach Gisa, right? On the other side of and the the Gisa, and according to that opinion, so now you're just enumerating the different routes of the, of the thing, right? In other words, were there multiple rest stops, more than you thought, along the same route, or are we talking about various routes, sort of like uh, tributaries going out? There was eight parcels between each one which is the equivalent of about three miles um, a uh, parcels is about three miles we're talking about 24 miles um, between each, each it's it's uh, a little more than a marathon so you could see how much less efficient it was to have the shluchim 32 parcels that's the combined distance that's the combined distance but truly, nowadays, there are many more parsas from Har Zesim to Beit Balton. So what's going on? So, Amar Bayi, astatume Istatum lehudarche. Yeah, because we used to have direct roads like the crow flies. Sach it's a Pasuk and I'm going to head your way with thorns. Now we have to take circuitous routes, and therefore that's why it takes longer now. The, to which Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak, the valedictorian of Masechah Pesachim, Amar Meihacha Diksev Nesivo sai Iva. That's a pasuk in Echa that says my straight direct roots have been right um, have been twisted. Okay, so now we're in the Mishnah on Chav Gimel Beis. The Mishnah says This is how we receive the witnesses as follows: Uveis Yazei Kaisan Okay, this is called Beis Yazik. Rashvi says that this was the place where they gathered only on Shabbos. Um, some of Farshim say this is where they always gathered um, but we see in, from the Hamshach of the Mishnah why Rashi say Shabbos like this that's where all the Edom would gather that's where all the examinations would take place there was always a giant Kiddush large feasts right? to incentivize people to come originally witnesses would come and stay there all day <coughs> we've already seen this uh, elsewhere in Yuma, they would stay there all day. <speaking in> Reverend <Hebrew> al-Zaken wanted to again further incentivize the Edom to come. He let him go 2,000 Amas in every direction. <speaking> in <Hebrew> and that was not just for the, for, for the ones that you ended up picking out to testify in, on the Chodesh. <speaking in Hebrew> but also, not just, so now we're giving other examples, not just for Edom. Of the Chodesh that we gave this ama, but we've already seen this where we talk about, right, hatsala and the incentivizing for Hatzal Snafashos, that the Chachama Habalah Yaleid, right, you have the midwife who comes to deliver a baby. This is not the, right, the woman who's delivering the baby. I mean, this is not the woman who's having the baby. This is the midwife, right? You want the midwife to also, you want Hatzalah to also be able to go home afterwards, the big Shilas with Ramosha, that you're going to allow right, people to go home, in order so that they don't hesitate to accompany the woman who's in labor uh, when she's coming to deliver a baby. So they allowed, they relaxed the apaim ama for them as well. Also, that's if somebody's coming to rescue somebody from a fire, you see a fire, or a gaius, like gius an attacking army, or a flooding river, or a collapsed building. All of these, right, all of these emergency people, that are doing Pikuach Nefesh. They should be allowed to, once they're finished doing the Pikuach Nefesh, to go go home. Right? You want to incentivize them. Says says the Mishnah elu here. You consider them like the people of the city, al Alpaim lechol ruach. In other words, they could travel two thousand amos beyond the city in every direction, whether the city the is whether the city is walled or not, they can go, and it is a kula of a darbonan tchum, in order to incentivize them to do this pikuach nefesh, and that was also applied to the adim who were being mekadesh the, the chodesh. The Gemara asks, Did mission to say yazek or yazek? What's the difference?" The, so the Gemara says, tnan." Well, would be Lishna He says the Gemara that is a positive connotation. Right? And he, ringed, and, and he ringed it with a fence and he cleared it with stones. This is Isaiah. He <coughs> means that he protected it. Okay? He protected it. So that's a positive connotation. Yazek <speaking> means that's uncomfortable. Azikim <speaking> really means, right, you're bound down. You're bound in chains. So, right, these edim were being left in the base yazak. So sometimes, right, when you're in yeshiva, so if you have, let's say, um, if you ever had a son in, uh, in, in high school, in, in, in a high school dorm, so if they're very happy, so they're happy to be with their friends and with their Abayim in one place. If they're not as happy, then they feel confined, right? So it's a fine line for these Edim. Do they think that they were protected or do they think that they were confined? Amar tashmat He said, what are you talking about? Kiddush, every day. Lavo. They made it Kishmak. So therefore it must be base Yahzeik. However, the Gemara says, Dilma Avu Avde Bahu. but maybe it was kind of both, right? It was great to have Kiddish uh, always on tap. On the other hand, right, they, they didn't like the fact that they couldn't leave. So it has elements of both. So we have two minutes, and we're at the Mishnah, the bottom Mishnah on Khavgimal Base. We'll read the Mishnah and we'll continue with the Gemara tomorrow. The Mishnah says, How do they examine the witness? So, like we see, even though the fix was in, they did like a real examination. The 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 Gemara Sanhedrin Daf Mem is going to say certain things that are essential to Adas like time and place. Where were you? Those things are not mentioned in our Mishnah, but in fact, they were questions that we asked them. We treated them like real Eidas. So Zug Shabari Rishon first pair is examined first. First come first serve. a godol Shebahem. That's out of respect. You bring the older person in. And we start asking him, How'd you see it? We'll explain tomorrow. What does it mean before or after the sun? To the north or to the south? How high was it? Where was it pointed? How wide was the moon? As we'll explain tomorrow and we'll explain the Gemara, if he says he saw the moon before the sun, that's physically impossible, and therefore we throw him out. It's like as if he said nothing. We separate them to corroborate this story. Again, the fix is in. So why we're treating this like real Edus is a question indeed. But if everything checks out, then the Edus is Kayemus. And then everybody else, we ask for main points, kind of gloss over. We don't have to get so detailed. Why? Because we don't even really need them. We don't want them to be discouraged and disappointed that they came all this way. Because we want them to be able to come back next time. So we'll start with the Gemara tomorrow. Six lines up from the bottom of Chav Gimel. Amadeus.